You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. I'm Simon Whistler, and in today's episode, you're going to learn about Sleeping Beauty and exactly what the original tale of Sleeping Beauty was about and why it wouldn't really be safe for a Disney movie or any movie targeted towards children. It's uh, a little more dark than, than you might expect. And in the bonus facts section today, you're going to learn a whole lot else about this fairy tale. Let's get right into today's show. Sleeping Beauty is based on a story where a married king finds a girl asleep and can't wake her, so rapes her instead. The story is called The Sun, the Moon and Talia, written or at least collected and composed by the Italian poet Gambattista Basile. It was published in 1634 in his Pentamarine collection of fairy tales, which also includes the first known version of Cinderella and Rapunzel and includes a version of Puss in Boots. Basile was more or less the Brothers Grimm of his time. In fact, Wilhelm Grimm said of Basile's work, The collection, Basile's Pentameron, was for a long time the best and richest that had been found by any nation. Not only were the traditions at the time more complete in themselves, but the author had a special talent for collecting them, and besides that, an intimate knowledge of the dialect. The stories were told with hardly any break, and the tone, at least in the Neapolitan tales, is perfectly caught. While there are several variants of the sun, moon, and Talia told since the first document in instance, the basic story is of a baby girl named Talia, born to a powerful ruler. The wise men of the kingdom prophesy that the girl will meet her ends from a flax splinter. Rather than instruct his daughter never to go near flax or wear any clothes made of it, or it would mean her death, as would have been the sensible thing to do, the ruler commands that all flax and hemp in his palace be removed and apparently doesn't mention it to her. When the girl is older, she observes an old woman outside of her window spinning flax on a spindle, something Talia has never seen before. She then goes down and convinces the woman to allow her to stretch the flax, at which point a splinter from it gets lodged under her fingernail and she seems to die. Rather than bury Talia, her father has her adorned in her most expensive, beautiful outfit and leaves her in one of his palaces in the woods, which is then closed up and abandoned. On a hunting trip, a king stumbles on this estate and attempts to get in to retrieve his falcon that has flown inside. After being unable to get anyone to answer the door, he scales the wall and climbs in through the window his falcon flew in at. Up to this point, it could have been the Disney version of the story. Here's where it gets weird. Upon entering the estate, the king wanders around, finding the house empty except for a beautiful young woman who, despite his best efforts, he couldn't wake. So, being on fire with love, he carried her to a couch and, having gathered the fruits of love, left her lying there. Then he returned to his own kingdom and for a long time entirely forgot the affair. Talia became pregnant and the babies were born and cared for, as was Talia, by kindly fairies. This makes you wonder where the fairies were when she needed to be protected from being raped. In any event, the fairies would put the babies up to Talia's breasts to feed, except one time one of the babies instead sucked on Talia's finger with the splinter in it and sucked it out, at which point she woke up. Quite a while later, the king remembered the girl and decided to go back to her house to see her again. Classy. This time, though, he found her awake, which was no doubt a bit awkward, and with twin babies she named Sun and Moon, as their origin was just as mysterious to her as the origin of the sun and the moon. 
After the king explained to her how she'd gotten pregnant, rather than be upset with him and call the local law enforcement, she instead decided she loved him. He was no doubt dreamy, and he decided he loved her too. And they lived happily ever after. Except, you know, he was already married and his wife had become suspicious of where he'd gone because when he came back he started saying Talia's and the children's names in his sleep. The queen then forced the king's secretary to tell her everything or she'd have him killed. After finding out about Talia and the children, she then sent for the kids in the name of the king in order that she might have the cook kill them and feed them to the king. While the king was eating the prepared meal, she kept telling him, You are eating what is your own. To which he replied, I know very well I am eating what is my own, because you brought nothing with you into this house. Next, the queen sent for Talia in the name of the king and confronts Talia, saying, Are you the whore who has been enjoying my husband? Get ready to be welcomed in hell, because you will soon be going there. The queen then prepared a fire in the courtyard to burn Talia in, despite Talia vehemently explaining that she had no part in the king having taken advantage of her while she was unconscious. To stall for time, Talia asked if she can strip naked before being thrown into the fire. While slowly stripping, she continually screamed, at which point the king came bursting in, finds out what has happened, and has his wife and secretary killed instead, the latter of which apparently was destined to die whether he'd told the queen anything or not. The king also tried to have the cook killed, but finds out the cook had actually spared his children and had hidden them when the queen asked him to cook them up. Thus, he was spared and given a large reward. So now, with the queen finally out of the way, the king is free to marry his raped mistress, and now they do really live happily ever after, with the last line of the story being translated as, Lucky people, so it is said, are blessed by fortune whilst in bed. And now for today's bonus facts. Giambattista Basile died two years before his Pentamerone collections were published. His sister, Adriana, had it published, but under the name Gian Alessio Abatutis. Bonus fact 2. Basile's version of the Sleeping Beauty fairy tale would soon be sanitized somewhat when, in 1687, Charles Perrault made his own version of the tale called La Belle Bois Dormant, The Beauty Sleeping in the Wood. In this version, among other changes, the king was not married and did not rape the girl, but instead woke her with a kiss. Bonus fact 3. The brothers Grimm didn't just write fairy tales. They worked for many years on a German dictionary that not only included the definition of the words, but they also attempted to include the origin of every word. As you might expect, this was a monumental undertaking for just two people who lacked Google. They did not manage to finish it before dying, but did publish excerpts from it as they worked, starting in 1852, which was 14 years after they'd started it. When Disney animated Sleeping Beauty, they had actors perform every scene of the movie for the animators to help the animators visualize it. Bonus fact 5. There is a very rare medical syndrome nicknamed Sleeping Beauty Syndrome and technically called Klein-Levine Syndrome. Only about 30% of the diagnosed cases of the syndrome are women, though. But in either case, the person suffering from the syndrome will have periods where they suddenly become excessively sleepy, often for 16 to 20 plus hours per day during the episodes. They also become extremely hungry, gorging themselves with any food they find. Some have difficulty remembering anything they did during the episode. They can also be delusional and have other cognitive difficulties, sometimes reporting after the episode having experienced the world as if in a dream. Occasionally, generally with males, they can become extremely uninhibited and hypersexual. Combined with the other symptoms, this sometimes gets them into trouble with the law. 
They also feel and act lethargic, as well as experience hallucinations and extreme depression, among other symptoms. Oddly, as they grow into adulthood, the syndrome eventually goes away completely for about 90% of those who suffer from this condition, with the average age of it disappearing being 23 and the average duration of the syndrome being 8 years worth of occasional episodes. In between the episodes, the people are completely normal with no symptoms. Those where the condition doesn't go away, it tends to become much milder as they age. The average number of episodes per patient over that eight-year span is just 12, each lasting around 12 days, though the maximum number of episodes recorded to date is 130, with episodes lasting as long as 80 days. What causes Sleeping Beauty syndrome isn't known, but it's thought it might have something to do with a malfunctioning hypothalamus. There is also no real effective treatment other than stimulants to try and counteract the excessive sleeping problem, but this can be counterproductive given some of the other symptoms. In some cases, it's better just to let them be, and otherwise just have people closely observe them so they don't get themselves into any trouble during the episodes. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.